Hello and welcome to Tigress Talk. A podcast for a fierce and passionate woman. My name is Claire. And my name is Tatiana. Hey, so what are we talking about today? Hey friend, today we are talking fear. Ooh, yeah. sounds good. Yeah, so it's been something that's been floating around in my head for a while. I'm not really sure why. I think we've just been talking about, you know, self-improvement stuff at work. I'm thinking of starting a business and I just realised how fearful I am and how much I've let it hold me back, I guess. So I thought we should talk about it. Okay, so where should we start off? Do you have some kind of definition for us? Yeah, so okay, I was looking it up today. And fear, I just find it so fascinating. So essentially it's your brain responding to stress stimulus. And what it does is it floods your body with some sort of chemicals that makes your heart beat faster, you know, your breathing moves faster and your your muscles get a lot of energy. So it's your fight or flight response essentially. So yeah, there's obviously the obvious ones like a spider or heights or something like that. Public speaking. <laughs> yeah, but when you think about it, you realise fear drives a lot of what you do in your decisions. And yeah, all it is is your brain being like, oh, no, not, not cool with this. And so your body freaks out. So we all experience fear, right? It's not just a female thing. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So... The question is, why why is it that women are more fearful, generally? Do you think women are more fearful? Yeah, I guess I guess it's not more fear, maybe more fearful, but also the way we deal with fear and how we're sort of taught taught to deal with it. So I'd say, you know, when we're younger, boys are taught that fear needs to be overcome and. You know, you need to suppress that fear and and do it. So their response to fear is a little different to us. So I'd say most girls, if you have an accident, or a, I, I'd say girls are more protected and they're told, like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. That's too dangerous. A lot more. Yeah, I think that's really valid. And I think that sort of response ties in well to... You know, like you often see little girls cry, but for a little boy, it's like, no, you're big, you're strong, you're brave, you're not scared of anything. Whereas you don't sort of hear that feedback for young girls often. Well, while I was growing up, I never heard those sort of words. I was like, oh, you're a big, strong girl. It was kind of just like, oh, it's okay for you to cry. (laughs) So I guess that those different reactions and that different feedback that you're getting from those bringing you up really drives home how you react in certain different situations. Because your brain brain is really freaking stupid and these automatic responses are something that just happen over time. And I'd say as girls grow older and we hear this message over and over again that oh no, don't do that, you, it might hurt you, or I don't, even, I don't even know. I mean, we can only speak from personal experience, right? But, but this ties in really well. Uh, while I was in India at the yoga retreat, we talked a lot 
about how the first seven years of your life shapes who you are today. And so it's seven years of habits and upbringing and surroundings that really has shaped you to who you are today, even if you are 20 or 70, still those first seven years, it has really shaped your core beliefs and your core structures. So it's very, very difficult to untrain that. And I think, you know, when you look at young boys and young girls, there's some key differences and girls are cotton wooled for a lot of stuff. And so I think that makes us fearful about standing on our own two feet in so many instances. Yeah, because it's teaching us to hold back. Yeah, I completely agree. boys are like, oh yeah, go out, you know, be adventurous, try all this cool stuff. It's okay if you get hurt. I would say majority of girls, you know, if you get a a cut or a scratch, oh, oh, maybe, maybe don't do that again. So I've actually got quite a funny little personal story about this. So a year or so ago, I started getting into road biking so I'm one of those annoying cyclists on the road that you toot at and drive far too close to so remember that next time I am a person I am a sister I am a daughter (laughs) just reinforcing the road cycling campaign right here anyway I don't get out of my bike at the moment very much it's too cold in the winter but back to the point of the story (laughs) so I started I got a couple of like coaching lessons and this dude was like the most awesome coach and so he's trying to really get me out of the saddle on the uphill so to do a climb but out of your seat so they call it french stepping i'm locked into the bike with like clip and pedal so you know i already (laughs) feel quite unstable and so it's a lot of core work and when you're not used to that and when you're tackling a really big hill like i'm quite I'm scared and this guy just said to me he's like this is so much easier with someone really young because they're not scared to fall off but I can tell in your face and your body language and everything about you right now that you are so frightened of falling off and I was just so fearful and same when we were doing these massive downhills he was teaching me a certain technique to get up the most speed but I was scared I was so scared of going fast because I'd fall off which is so funny because I don't even remember having any accidents on a bike as a child but you're just so fearful because of that unknown I think and that really reinforced me that oh my goodness I'm so scared and it's so it's all in my head like it's completely up to me how this goes but because I'm scared I'm actually holding myself back from becoming quite good at something Uh and so it's quite like a interesting way to look at it especially as a older I'm calling myself an older person but especially (laughs) as like a young adult (laughs) learning a new skill at 24 you know it's yeah, it's interesting to see how your upbringing has shaped how you yeah. learn and how you approach new and different situations. So how did you deal with that? It's all a mind game and I'm quite used to playing mind games with myself <laughs> for a lot of things. And I sort of just had to get out of my head and just into the moment. Practice is everything and the more times that you apply yourself in getting out of your head in this moment the more free you'll feel and the more adaptable you'll be feel to that certain situation and so now Mm. I can constantly like confidently say I can French step and I can get out of the saddle and I can do that Mm. with some practice and I'm not as scared anymore Mm. but it does take practice and you know repetition repetition creates habits and it's definitely not going to happen overnight and like you say you had to you had to get out of your head 
So this is, I yeah. think this is massive. It's I can apply that to so many aspects of my life now. And I, it's just like, mm. oh my gosh, the stuff I've not done because I've been scared. And so uh, mm-hmm. I was reading this article and it talks about how oftentimes, so, okay, if you hear it, like the door move, and it, it sounds like mm-hmm. it could be either the wind or a robber, right? Yeah. And so your brain will often assume the worst because it would be better for you to be prepared for it to be a robber and it be the wind than for you to think it's the wind and it be a robber. You know, so with your bike, you're assuming you're going to fall over and hurt yourself, right? Yeah, so you're taking every practical step to not hurt yourself. So you're not pushing yourself enough because you're scared of falling off your bike. So your your body is preparing you to be as stable yeah. as possible by not doing it properly, effectively. Yeah. And so that's so funny because that's mountain biking was a big one for me because the sort of the more fearful and hesitant you are, the more likely you're going to get hurt. It's really, yeah. really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you, you've got to just train yourself out of that fear. I haven't done it in a while, mainly because I was so scared, but so that's not a good example. <laughs> so what would you say, do you have fears at work? I think I have like an overarching fear that affects everything in my life and work. And this was sort of like planted in me when I was about 16, when I was talking to a teacher about what motivates us. And I talked about a lot of like really positive things. And then I asked them what motivates themselves. And they started talking about the fear of failure. And when I thought about everything that I'd just spoken of, everything I do, like striving to be almost this unattainable perfection is because I'm so scared of failing at anything. I'm so scared of making mistakes. I'm so scared of not being seen that I'm capable and worthy of where I am, just not only professionally, but personally as well. And I'm so scared, I guess, and just fearful that I'm not enough. And so that that fear drives like everything I do and probably makes me push myself like quite a lot and maybe over push myself because I'm so fearful that I don't I'm not perceived as enough so is that a little bit of the old imposter syndrome right yeah I guess so you're you're just a bit different (laughs) see like I feel like you're a little bit more advanced in your responding to fear so fear doesn't make you shy away it it drives you forward I would say that's a pretty general response to fear that that guys have. That's just like my overall approach. But I think other people's fear maybe intimidates me in certain situations. What do you mean by that? I'm just thinking about international travel, for example, and the fear Ah. that is put in me by people around me so my parents and other members of family and my colleagues and my friends you know everyone was having kittens when I said I was traveling to India by myself even though I've traveled a lot and and so that made me quite fearful and it and I think it made me doubt myself and so 
I think I... Yeah, you internalise it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I internalise other people's fear, Is it which cause... therefore like makes me fearful. Oh, interesting. Is Okay, I'm, I might just be projecting, but is that because you care what people think? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so because I was reading an article, and we'll share it, about how, yeah, women's or girls' fear is driven around uh, relationships and um, socialisation, or, you know, being social with other people in terms of mm-hmm. being liked. Yeah. yeah. And so much of our life become, comes back to that, I think, as a female, you're so conscious all the time of needing to be liked. And mm. it's quite sad, actually, when you put it like that. And so, I mean, I, this is obvious and, you know, not pursuing things because it's seen as uncool or... Oh, and I, I'd say that affects guys as well, but w- women definitely. So, you know, I've been to so many meetings recently where we've had workshops and in a smaller group the women are really they won't speak what they think like something's holding them back and then when it's come it comes to presenting to the wider group almost never does a woman do it okay it's it's so weird I feel like a bit of like the imposter syndrome and caring what people think which restricts us and makes us not, you know, put ourselves forward or talk ourselves up. Absolutely. And, and I think it comes, especially in like a work situation, I think it comes a lot down to like how women want to be perceived. And when you are sometimes overconfident and overbearing, you're perceived as threatening. And, you know, women don't want to be perceived as threatening. You're always so conscious of your movements and, and what you're saying and your emails and... Yeah. And in your one-on-one feedback and in your yeah. everything, every single move has to be calculated down to the T. There is no day for a B game with a woman. Always no. A game. Day in, day out, A game. Which sucks. So I'm, try- I'm trying so hard. Okay, and the other thing is that we learned at work is about the closed mindset and open mindset, which I think ties into this quite well because a lot of the times – in my head anyway, the dialogue that goes on when I'm afraid of, you know, speaking in front of groups or putting myself forward or doing anything is like, oh, well, oh, no, I'm not good at talking. I'm I'm not very articulate. I don't know how to verbalise what I want to say. You know, these things are always going through my head. Yeah. And that's like a real closed mindset. This is all stuff that you can train, like you say, you can train yourself out of. So it's about being like, I can't verbalise this, yet I need to practice. And stuff like networking, oh my gosh, I'm every, before every networking event, I'm like, I can't do this. I think mainly because I'm scared that no one will want to talk to me or find me interesting. But it's such a closed mindset, you know. Aww. No, but the thing is, you, it's something that you learn as well. You, you, you don't just become amazing at networking you've got to you know keep going and yeah and persistence is so key with so with overcoming fears and I think it's it's always the first step is that mind game so the first hurdle is okay I need to start telling myself and often you need to verbalize it so you can actually hear it as well I find talking to myself is actually better than just thinking it but you need to tell yourself 
okay, today I am going to network with people. I am going to talk to them about this. And you don't have to tell yourself, I'm going to be amazing at this. Like, today I'm going to take the first step. And then I'm going to talk to one person. (laughs) I'm going to share my business card with one person. (laughs) And it sounds so silly and minute, but it's not. Every single step, every single conversation with yourself is helping you to become so much stronger because mind games are relentless and Mm. I was just saying to somebody recently that I still have vivid memories of conversations where something negative has happened to me and I play that back in my mind and that's how powerful your mind is and I can still like word for word reenact that conversation and analyze and internalize how that has impacted me to this day which sounds like really scary and often it's the negative stuff that the that the mind holds on to and that really instills fear and I think that's often comes back to that we don't give enough good feedback particularly to each other and this is where we really need to draw on shine theory and empowering other women and giving positive feedback because it's not sure. something that we do day to day. It's it's something yeah. that we really need to train ourselves to do. So I think that's really important that we keep like drawing on shine theory when we're talking about all these topics because it is so applicable to fear and helping each other overcome certain fears. But in saying that, women have, have a lot to fear. Mm-hmm. So, so in terms of, you know, being in public spaces and, and street harassment, most definitely. So um, mm-hmm. it was funny. Have you seen Master of None? No, I haven't. Oh, okay, so it's a um, Aziz Ansari, and there's this amazing, amazing set or oh, um, bit in an episode where he meets up with a, a lady for a drink, and then they go separate ways, and it's just about their different experiences walking through the city at night. Okay. And so how oh. the woman's like clutching her keys for like as a knuckle duster and like phone <laughs> out, ready to dial nine one one, like really fearful. And the guys are just like Yeah, la, looking la, over la, your la. shoulder every yeah. two steps. Yeah. And, and the guys are like la 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 just walking through the street, no worries. And I'm like, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> And so with your trip to India, you know, it it, it isn't it isn't a safe place for women, you know? Mm. But again, letting yourself be driven by fear is is not the way to go. And again, like fear fearful that people won't like you, you know, that, that could potentially impact your career. Or, and you and know, just your life in general. Yeah. You know, if you're worried that people won't like you, I feel like often people who have this issue put on a facade and they become someone who they're not and sometimes it takes a lot and to get to know someone a lot to really break them down and understand who they are because they're so scared of you not liking them sometimes they're unable to communicate or verbalize what they're really feeling Mm. and it does create walls so but it's a justified fear as well you 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 want to fit in you know where taught from very early on in our lives that we want to fit a certain mold and have a good friend circle and have this perfect cookie cutter little life Mm. you know we're not see we we don't see abnormal situations we don't see different diversity so much in where we grow up we grow up with families similar to us Mm. in so many instances in New Zealand like I think a lot of us especially in our generation have 
grown up in quite like a sheltered environment especially from like the background and area that I am from in the Hawke's Bay like I feel like we have been quite like sheltered and used to rural farming families and that's where everyone has come from and that's the standard that you see so anything different to that you are fearful of right yeah which is sad women become fearful of being single why are you scared? Oh, yeah. Why are you fearful of being single? And it's because we've been taught from Society's a very young age told that, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that you need to have a boyfriend yeah. by 25. You need to start thinking about having some babies. Yeah, and being a spinster <sighs> with lots of cats is the worst possible fate in the whole world. Oh, my God. Just insane. Okay, okay. <laughs> one, 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 one more thing. Fear of unattractiveness or like over being overweight because of you know because of society's like ridiculous hatred of overweight people as or you know of anything other than a body type one body type but I don't think I don't think guys are subjected to that because we see like Seth Rogen and Adam Sandler and all these other chubby... Hashtag dad bod. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they're everywhere. I, I know that um, guys do experience, like, body dysmorphia and there's a lot of pressure to look buff. But, nah, nah, dog. Not as much as being a woman. <laughs> no. Nah. No way. <laughs> no freaking way. There's such a mind games one as well. Like, I know personally that I give myself that negative feedback all the time and so I'm vocalizing that all the time and saying to my boyfriend oh I look fat oh my god I'm so bloated oh my god have you seen my thighs today oh my do you know what I mean and you vocalize that and your mind takes that and it uses that information to and that's the thoughts that that then replay in your head and you know that it's bad for you and you know that it's not doing you any good but it's just because of society's expectations that I don't have rock hard abs and I now feel intimidated about everything in my body. Do you know what I mean? Oh gosh, it's so bad. (laughs) It is so bad. And so it just makes you fearful of so many things. So, you know, it can be external, like tangible things that you can touch and look at. But a lot of those fears can also be internal and in your mind. And you don't know that they're fears, eh? Yeah, and so, and sometimes it's just something that you can't actually verbalise or you can't put your finger on it. And, you know, I'd love to say we all have irrational fears. Like, some of my most irrational fears are around my eyes. Like, I just can't handle eyes. I wear glasses every day, yet it took me, like, 20 years to be able to put on eyeliner and I'd love to have laser eye surgery but I need to go to a hypnotist first so I can like (laughs) be able to have my eyes open during the procedure so yeah it's it's so tricky and so irrational when people ask me why am I scared of eyes have you had a bad experience and I all I can say to them is that every eye appointment for the last 25 years I've fainted in like it just makes no sense that's that's crazy. But I love how you brought up that fear of of being unloved and how much yeah. of a failure you are as a person if you haven't managed to lock someone in. How crazy is that? And how and how much that drives women to 
reduce their you know, standard. You know, yeah, and talk down their skill set and not seem too intelligent because that is a legit scientific fact that men are turned off by intelligent women. So no wonder we are, are, are too afraid to even bloody speak because, you know, we have oh to, like that thing you tagged me on Facebook today, we'll share it. But, um, you know, having to drown the, your meaning in a bunch of words so you don't seem too direct. And so I guess I guess the moral of our story is, is just be nicer to yourselves. I think I've had enough I might get a little drunk I say what's on my mind I might do a little time Cause all of my kindness Is taken for weakness Now I'm four, five seconds from wilding Olympics. So with the Olympics brings a lot of issues and points of discussion, particularly around the different treatment of women and men at the Olympics in terms of multiple things. But mostly the journalism. God. We have to rely on media to portray society's expectations. So media have a lot to answer for, in my mind, about feminism uh, and gender expectations so I guess it would be quite good to kick this off with one of the latest articles going around uh, talking about how women are just reported relevant to their male counterpart there was quite a good one the other day I think her husband is a like football player in the US and so the paper reported football player's wife wins medal at Olympics and it's just like <laughs> she why not woman Does she have a name <laughs> from honestly it just like blows my mind okay so the most to me the most hilarious one is the oh god where is she from from the Netherlands or oh god I can't remember but she won the 400 meter individual medley in this Ooh, way okay, yeah and so she's getting her gold medal and then the camera pans to her husband and the commentator said, oh, and the guy responsible for it all. No way. <laughs> uh, my God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I just can't believe that. And everything they talk about to women, you know, they ask about their outfits and their hair mm. and, and their children. They can't just talk about this woman one. They talk about... Oh, and she has six kids and three ducks. Like, <laughs> this is her moment. Like, yes, she's a wife. Yes, she's a mother. Yes, she's all these other things. But this is her moment winning a medal at the Olympics mm-hmm. or even just competing in the Olympics. And it just blows my mind that <laughs> women can't just be... It, it can't just be a woman, a successful woman for yeah. one second. It has to be a woman relative to her her traditional responsibilities. Like, yeah. come on, people, we're 2016. Yeah. Like, oh, oh a wife my goodness. Media has so much to answer for. 
Another one was uh, the USA gymnastics team were standing around between performances and they were just having a bit of a giggle and one of the commentators was like, ah, it looks like they must be in the mall. It's like, um, actually, no, these ladies are at the fucking Olympics. Badass bitches. Like, oh, okay. And then the other thing, (sighs) I didn't even read the article, but I I keep seeing it come up about the, the... commentator woman who was wearing shorts or a skirt oh my god the uproar because the lady was wearing some shorts or something on tv oh god claire i'm honestly at my wits end with this <sighs> oh shit. oh my goodness yeah and so the next day she wore a, a below the knee skirt and then everyone commented just as much i'm like my god oh my god yeah, like, just please stop it. Stop oh. it with these double standards. And then, okay, oh okay. My goodness. I've just got so many instances. And when they're talking about the the women's sevens players, in terms of what all blacks they're related to and all, or, you know, all married to. With the Olympics brings yeah. so many. Oh, so but many how things. awesome are the Olympics, too? All these ladies being bosses. I freaking love it. I'm loving it. Hold on, I've got one more stupid example. I'm just loving, it. like, just how ridiculous it is. But um, Katie Ledecky, she's the US swimmer as well, and she just broke her own world mm-hmm. record. And the main thing they were saying about her is that she swims like a man. What? <laughs> Are you joking me? It's like, no, she swims, she swims like a female swimmer because she, she's, yeah. She Ugh. is a female. <laughs> she is a woman. <laughs> So, you've got one and a half weeks left sports commentators listening to us. So, to please, sort your try and shit up out. your game so we don't have another podcast in two weeks' time where we rip shit out of you with <laughs> another 15 more examples. Like, honestly, <laughs> we're all about the shine theory, but just pick up your game. That we're standing up for okay. our ladies. They should have equal representation. Oh, yes. And equal pay. Oh, Thank you. Which is quite an interesting note because I would love to see the breakdown of the funding for male versus female sport. Oh, yeah. The New Zealand male sevens team versus the New Zealand female sevens team. But you know what, Claire? Do you know what makes me really happy? Is that people are jumping on the shit. Then it's not flying anymore. People are becoming more and more accepting of that. And I'm like, yes, fine. You know, you know there's some pro- yes, progress being thank made. goodness. But more needs to be done, obviously. It's so exciting because daily I see amazing articles about men standing up and saying, yes, I am a feminist, and yes, I know for my daughter's sake and my wives and my sisters and all these amazing women in my life that I needed to take a stand on these issues. And that's what we need to see. Like, Shine Theory is just not women supporting other women. It's men supporting as well. And that's where we need that voice really to be heard as well because they dominate the conversation so we need to get them involved and unfortunately though i would like it to be different things seem to have more weight when a guy says them but this is the world we live in and it will be it is changing slowly so have you seen this week obama's speech i think he did or maybe he wrote like some kind of memoir or essay about being a feminist um, for the sake of his daughters yeah, uh, so maybe we'll share that because that was like a really good read. I really enjoyed that. But also, okay, so 
Yeah, he he says it, but he also follows through, which I think is something we must always remember. So what the interesting story coming through this week is about Ivanka Trump and how she's all like female, uh, you know, empowering females, blah, blah, blah. That's her whole mantra. And then you find out that people making her clothes do not get a cent of paid maternity leave. If you're preaching this and if you're using feminism, because I think a lot of uh, celebrities are now using feminism for their brand, which is awesome, but you got to follow through. This is, yeah. Yeah. None of this empty words it, bullshit. It's not all talk and no action. Like, yeah, you need to live It's freaking hard to be it. a feminist. It really is. You've got to call out daily shit. But it's also it's also fun because when you see someone change their opinion, you're like, yay! <laughs> You can find us on the internet. Internet? (laughs) Send us an email. Share with your friends. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Tiger's Talk. Talk.